Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Well, we got a flashback. We got a flashback. It's 1981. And we're going to go to, I believe, it looks like Baltimore in 1981, where it's it's never too late for gingerbread, my friend. Since the moral majority launched its crusade against the X-rated cookie, sales of the naked gingerbread man and woman have skyrocketed. Uh, people have gone crazy to buy these things. We just haven't been able to bake them fast enough. Last week, Jim Wright, the executive director of the Maryland Moral Majority, complained to Annapolis police about the sale of what he said were obscene cookies. Police made no arrests, and the state's attorney wouldn't prosecute, but the story about all this made international news. The news has spread all over the world, just about. It's been in the Paris Herald Tribune, in England, Canada, all across the country. We've had calls from everywhere. The moral majority objects to the gingerbread man because he has genital organs in an aroused state, and the organization charges these X-rated cookies are sold to minors. In the past week, sales of these naughty cookies have increased tenfold. The gingerbread makers have dollar signs dancing in their eyes. We've had orders from all over the country. We're mail ordering them now. And I'm going to set up a mail order business, I think. I think it's just a sad commentary. And I, I think it's been blown all out of proportion. But it, it still illustrates, uh, I think, where our culture really is. And, and I'm, I'm a little bit disheartened at it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Feel like I'm made out of gingerbread. Uh-huh. 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 Crumpy. Lip licking gingerbread. Uh-huh. 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 Can't think about it's funny. Uh, it was Buzz Busser, who in 1980 had two underage and undercover representatives of the Maryland Moral Majority walk into a store and they bought some X rated gingerbread men. They demanded prosecution under state law and uh, he called his lawyer. It's funny, the lawyer, you know what the lawyer said? Start making cookies. <laughs> <laughs> He said, we set up a regular packing line to handle orders. It was reported by Playboy magazine, newspapers and radio. People were sending us money. One letter, as he mentioned, was only addressed dirty cookies, and people were starting to support them. The cookies were popular. He said they were a small part of the business. So, yeah. He's, but I love the lawyer. He's like, oh, this is great. Are you kidding me? Start making cookies. So I think the moral majority started realizing they were shooting themselves in the foot, like a lot of these things. You know, someone's like, I'm upset. I can't believe it. And then you're trying to get it stopped, and it becomes the biggest thing. So there you go. Don't shoot shoot yourself in the foot. Also, if your gingerbread men have genitalia, just bite the genitalia first, for God's sakes. And then you don't have a naked cookie anymore. 716-210-9797. All right, let's get to it. Be sure to get a picture of somebody doing that. (laughs) A close-up. Post it all over there. All right. 
Let's start with the Buffalo Bills, shall we? Yeah, I mean, a lot of buzz this week. Obviously, it's a huge game, biggest game of the season as far as what's at stake here for this game coming up on Sunday night against the Miami Dolphins. But before we get there, let's let's let you know about uh, some honors that were given this past week. So yesterday, it was announced that Rasul Douglas has been named as the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. You know, the Bills got him in a midseason trade. And he has paid off big time, not just this week, but in previous weeks as well. He had a pair of interceptions in the win over the Patriots. His first pick set up the Bills' touchdown, the first touchdown of the game in the first quarter, and that score then gave them the lead that they would not give back. The second came in the second quarter. He returned at 40 yards for a touchdown. That is uh, the third pick six of his career. The other two came with the Packers, who dealt uh, Douglas to the Bills for a fifth-round pick. I'm sorry, with a fifth-round pick in exchange for a third-round pick back in October. So, Douglas, AFC Player of the Week. Good stuff there. We also found out who's going to the Pro Bowl. So, that came down yesterday. And it's Bills running back James Cook and Deion Dawkins have been selected to the Pro Bowl. The selection marked Cook's first career Pro Bowl honor and Dawkins' third in his career. So, Cook marks the first Bills running back to earn Pro Bowl honors since LaShawn McCoy did it back in 2017. Dawkins becomes the first Bills offensive lineman selected to three or more Pro Bowls since guard Reuben Brown earned eight Pro Bowl selections from 96 to 2003. That's it as far as the Bills go as uh, Pro Bowl guys. There are some alternates. Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs both are first alternates. Second alternates would be Mitch Morse and Leonard Floyd. Third would be Dalton Kincaid and Ed Oliver. And fifth would be Dawson Knox. So if they go that far, the guys are not able to play, guys are going to go to the Super Bowl, whatever the case may be, uh, those guys will get advanced forward. Uh, hopefully, none of our guys are going to be available for the Pro Bowl. That's the hope, right? So, But those uh, were all announced yesterday. All right, also yesterday, Josh Allen spoke to the media. So did uh, a handful of others. Uh, first, we saw Sean McDermott yesterday say that Allen was still dealing with some neck soreness from the stinger that he suffered on Sunday. But he was listed as a full participant for the injury report, the first one of the week. Allen is listed with a neck and right finger injury. We hadn't heard about the finger before. The Bills conducted a walkthrough instead of a full practice yesterday. It's pretty typical this late in the season. They've been doing a lot of that. Guys are banged up, need a little more recovery time. But starting just doing those mental reps, the walkthrough, all that stuff. So that's pretty common. Uh, Allen told reporters that his neck is good to go. When he was asked if it would impact his play, he said not at all. He completed 15 to 30 passes for 169 yards with an interception. Rushed for 44 with two touchdowns in Sunday's win over the Patriots. Now also on the injury report. Safety Micah Hyde, neck. Safety DeMar Hamlin, shoulder. Both guys were limited. Defensive end Leonard Floyd got a day of rest. He's got a rib injury. Also edge rusher Von Miller, veteran rest day, did not participate. It's going to be uh, interesting to see. We didn't hear a whole lot about Von Miller, but uh, see if he's another healthy scratch this week or what's going to happen there. All right, so let's uh, move on to the injuries for the Dolphins. The Dolphins have a lot of them. Tua Tungabailoa is among them. He fully participated in yesterday's practice with a left shoulder injury and a quad injury. Uh, several key players did not practice. Tackle Taron Armstead. Uh, linebacker Bradley Chubb. I'm just going to give you some of the top names because their list is really long. Cornerback Xavier Howard. Running back Raheem Mostert. Defensive end Zach Seiler. And receiver Jalen Waddell. None of those guys practiced yesterday. That's that's a pretty good size list and some key players, as I mentioned. Uh, Tua was on last week's injury report with a quad and thumb injury, so obviously the shoulder is one he suffered in this past week's game against Baltimore. 
But he is on track to start his 17th game of the season, which is a pretty big accomplishment considering his various injuries and five missed games last season, including the playoff loss here to the Bills. There was an odd story. I don't know if you saw this, but wide receiver Tyreek Hill had to leave practice early. I did. After receiving word, um, Tyreek, yeah, your house is on fire. Not good. What? Not good. (laughs) So, yeah, so he left. Uh, He was listed as limited. Now, local news outlets carried footage of smoke coming from his house. I don't know if you saw any of that footage. You also saw where the, uh, the firefighters evidently... Popped a big-ass hole in the roof, and that is one hell of a house. Uh, it's in Southwest Ranches, a suburb of Miami, about uh, 30 minutes away from from downtown. Uh, the TV stations had helicopters flying over, and they showed the property, which uh, uh, he bought, I guess, back in 2022 when he was traded. He paid $6.9 million for the house. It is 9,300 square feet. Yes, it, it is a mansion, as you would imagine. Um they did show him arriving at the property. You should see some of the pictures, right? Did you see at the front of it? Oh. I mean, it looks like, you know, a French castle somewhere. Yeah. Like not a, a castle. Like, like a, you know, a head of state in France. Would yeah, live it's, there. It's, it's pretty amazing. It's, it is amazing. Do like, they have security footage of Billy Buffalo slowly backing his way out of the house? Uh, yeah, with a Molotov cocktail? Nothing. Um, yes, it was basically $7 million. I mean... Yeah, so think of the house you get for that kind of money. But uh, where, I, where I was at, he arrived. They saw that on the news footage. You saw him uh, give his, his wife a hug, and his mother was there. It sucks. And uh, he, by the way, the, the thing I noticed, though, I'm like, he's wearing a walking boot. So he's, he, is. He, he is still dealing with that ankle injury. Yeah. So just just another note, but also oh, another man. distraction. Oh, that sucks. That is, that's a shame. Uh, you know, that, that is a pretty big distraction when your house is on fire. Um, so we'll see how that, that plays out. I've, I've, the, the good news, though, is everybody got out of the house safe. So that's the good stuff. Uh, I was still on the injury list, wasn't I? Because it, it keeps going. Uh, I'm only going to give you a, a couple more because there's so many. It goes too deep. Guys, you don't even know. But running back Devon Achan, uh, he was limited yesterday with the toe and rib injury. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Tony just texted. Antonio Brown was probably house-sitting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, you Stranger things have happened, too. Antonio's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Nice text, Tony. Uh, Antonio would have been throwing his couch out the window. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's probably about another seven to eight guys that are on that injury list. So that's the situation with injuries for both the Bills and the Dolphins. As I mentioned earlier, Josh was talking to the media. There was a lot. There was a lot of questions about Stefan Diggs. And, you know, I mean, the first one was, why hasn't Diggs been getting the ball more? Why are you not throwing him the rock? Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes the flow of the game dictates that. Um, defenses, you know, whether it's doubling him or throwing a safety over him or, um, you know, being being the first reading progressions and just getting off of it um, maybe too quickly. Um, there's a lot of a lot of stuff that goes into it. Uh, but, again, we're, we're looking forward to, to working hard and fixing it and, uh, like I said, win football games. How's he feeling with this? He's been, he's been fantastic. You know, he's, he's been a true professional about it. Obviously, you know, uh, there's times where he wants the ball, and it's de- deservedly so. You know, he's one of the, the best, if not the best, receivers in the game, and you know he he acquired or he he gets a lot of attention from defenses. So um, sometimes it's just how it plays out. But I got to be be better in that aspect too. All right, so that's a little bit on on Stephon Diggs and getting him the ball more. But the Bills played the Dolphins back in Week Four. We all remember it was a pretty great game. The Bills just blew them out. 
uh, which surprised the NFL because the Dolphins had just blown out Denver with 70 points, remember? But that was week four. This is week 18. There's been injuries. There's been changes of you know personnel. There's you know We talked about Russell Douglas. He wasn't here in week four. Dolphins have some different guys out there too. So Josh was asked about the difference between the Dolphins week 18 and week four. Personnel-wise, they're, they're different than when we played them week four. Obviously, they, they've got Ramsey back. I, I'm not sure um, what they've said about Howard. I don't know if he's going this week or not. Um, you know, it sucks to see them lose their, their two DNs, Phillips and Chubb. It's a, it's a really good young pairing in the league right now. They were playing as good as anybody in the league. So I uh, hate to see them out with injuries. Um, you know, but personnel-wise, they're going to be slightly different than, like I said, than what we've seen. Played a game where they didn't play too well against a, a really good team. So they're hungry. There's no doubt about that. Uh, big game at home for them. You know, their crowd's going to be rocking. So we're stepping into a very hostile and dangerous situation, you know, with that, you know, when it comes of, in terms of the AFC East on the line. So we got to give everything that we got. All right. So before we get there, Sunday night, and it's going to be a long day Sundays. You're just waiting for that game. There are two games that we are watching that could help the Bills secure a playoff spot prior to them taking the field on Sunday. So we want the Ravens, Ravens to beat the Steelers, and we also want the Titans to beat the Jags. If either one of those two teams, if either one of those scenarios happens, the Bills are in the playoffs. If the Steelers win and the Jags win, the Bills, of course, have to win against Miami, and they will be the number two seed. They'll win the AFC East. They'll be in. If they don't, if those uh, scenarios happen the way I just mentioned, uh, the Bills will be out of the playoffs. So those are the games we're going to be watching. And the first one is on Saturday, and that's the Steelers. And they're going to be traveling to take on the Baltimore Ravens. Now, we did find out yesterday, Lamar Jackson is not going to play against the Steelers on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, you can't trust either of these teams at this point, right? I mean, the Bills just have to win out. They just have to go into us going, well, we can't trust any help from anybody. We right. just have to go in there and kick their ass. And, but they will know this before they take the field. True, you're right. They'll so have an idea. That, that's going to change things a little bit. But And we could know as early as Saturday afternoon if the Ravens are able to pull off a win. Uh, they're going to start 2022 Pro Bowler Tyler Huntley. He'll make his first start of the season with Josh Johnson and Malik Cunningham expected to be active as well as backups. Huntley has seen relief duty in four games this season. He made four starts in each of the last two regular seasons. He also started Baltimore's playoff loss to the Bengals last January. Remember, Lamar got hurt at the end of the year. So somehow, because of all the guys not going to the Pro Bowl, Tyler Huntley went to the Pro Bowl as an alternate last year. So Pro Bowl quarterback needs to bring it home for the Ravens, beating the Steelers. Uh, You've got that. Now, as far as the Steelers go... Uh, They had a key offensive player out. It was Najee Harris not practicing yesterday, but that's really not that unusual. In recent weeks, he's been dealing with a knee injury, and uh, he's he's missed a day each of the of the previous weeks. But he's played in all of the games, so you can't put a lot of faith into that. He's been running like a beast lately, and he's probably getting beat up. Uh, Yeah, he is. He's got a knee thing, so they're they're game a day. He was limited the first day. He was uh, out of practice yesterday. I would expect to see him in practice today. We get the uh, injury reports coming down for Saturday afternoon's game. Minka Fitzpatrick was upgraded from non-participant on Tuesday to limited. And Kenny Pickett is a full go, but we do know he is not starting. T.J. Watt and defensive end Larry uh, Ogunjobi were both limited as resting players. As far as the other game goes, uh, if the Jaguars are going to win the AFC South, they need to beat the Titans on Sunday. And Trevor Lawrence would be a big help for that. He missed the start for the first time in his career on Sunday against the Panthers. He was limited in practice on Wednesday with a right shoulder injury. The report also disclosed that Lawrence has a left finger injury. Um, you know, not a throwing hand, so that's not a big deal. The Jags win the division over the Titans uh, if they get the win 
blah, blah, blah. So uh, Lawrence is a, a key to that. C.J. Beathard started last week, and they beat the Panthers. But, again, it was the Panthers, and the Titans are, uh, well, slightly better. So, And Ryan Tannehill's going to get the start most likely. Will Levis was uh, out of practice yesterday because of the foot injury. It's unlikely he's going to be in, so Ryan Tannehill will most likely get his final start for the Tennessee Titans because his contract is up. They've already made the move to Levis, so uh, it looks like he's going to be done, but he says he would really like to end his, his stay in Tennessee on a good note. After five years, he wants to leave on a high note with a win, So, and we want to see that too. So uh, you've got that. By the way, uh, Delvin Cook, if he clears waivers, there's two teams that have uh, said they're interested in him. Obviously not at the contract price that the Jets had him. Ravens, Cowboys, both looking that way. And the Sabres tonight are going to Montreal to take on the Canadiens. I would expect Devin Levi to be in net for the Sabres tonight. Not sure they haven't made that official announcement, but uh, Devin Levi is from that area. Grew up in a suburb of Montreal, so it'll be the first time in his career that he's going to play in the a professional game in front of the home crowd. Uh, we talked to Alex Tuck yesterday, and Alex talked a little bit about Devin and uh, the trip back down to the minors and how that helped him in making his way back to the NHL. I talked to him right after he got sent down, actually. I shot him a text. I told him that I would never trade my time in the minors for anything in the world. I loved my time in the NHL. I played a full season for the Iowa Wild. I learned a ton about pro hockey. I learned a ton about my game. I just learned about what it what it takes to, to make it. And so even his short little stint down there, I think, taught him a lot. I mean, there's a picture. It's funny. There's a picture of him loading the bus. And so here, you don't you don't have to load the bus. It's uh, We have a great equipment staff that handles all that, and uh, we're pretty pampered up here. And so for him to get that taste of like, okay, well, hey, like this is this is a little bit harder in the AHL than I, than I thought it was going to be. So like having that step back is – it does humble you, and it, and it puts you in a mindset. Yeah, that was Alex Tuck from yesterday. He was on the show. We were talking about the toy drive and a bunch of other things. Uh, if you'd like to hear the interview, uh, we've got that up. on It's isolated on our, our podcast. You can hear just that interview. We've also got it on our Facebook page, so you can check that out and uh, hear what Alex had to say about where the season's at right now, what the Sabres are doing and trying to get back on track, and, and plus thanking everybody for I just love that. I love that story. I love that story of him getting in touch with Devin Levi and going. Yeah, isn't that great? Look, kid, you know, there's a there's a bunch of different ways to handle this, but loading the bus will be good for you. And I'm sure he's like, ugh, I'm loading the bus. I'm telling you. It's a pain in the ass. That guy right there, Alex Tuck, is the future captain. Oh, he's great. He's absolutely. He's uh, he's awesome. And that's the type of stuff. But, you know, that's also the type of stuff that hockey, the good hockey players do. And that was smart. You that's were asking. Leader, that's leadership. You yeah. Know? You were asking, by the way, where he grew up. The French name for it? Uh, yeah, I, looks I, like, I decided to call it a suburb. <laughs> it looks like Delar Desormeaux, but it's real easy. The locals, I guess, just say DDO. Okay. So we all just, if you want to make it it's the DDO, man. That's it's, where he's from. It's a suburb of Montreal. It's, it's not too far out of the city. So. Right. But there uh, should be a huge contingent. Oh, ab- right? absolutely. So hopefully he's, uh, he's in net tonight, and hopefully he uh, impresses the home crowd and delivers a victory for the Buffalo Sabres and disappoints the, uh, the hometown team. All right, coming up, sheep on the loose in Niagara Falls. We'll tell you what happened next. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. If you sacrifice your dream for the sake of satisfying someone else, that can often lead to ongoing resentment, which then poisons a relationship subtly, slowly, but it does. And if he doesn't want to let you down, then your dreams matter. Afford Anything, wherever you listen.
So, uh, Tom from Tonawanda. So, uh, Tyreek Hill have crazy ex like Andre Risen? Oh, Andre Risen. Haven't thought about him in a long oh, wow. time. Yeah, Lisa Left Eye. Yeah, yeah, I know. She so burnt down his house. Yeah, yeah. burnt down his house. Um, I don't think it's the same. I have not heard a cause of yeah. the fire yet, but uh, fortunately everybody got out safe. See, this is, this is what type of loons we all are, though, right? We're all watching, you know, Tyreek Hill's house catch on fire. And you'd think that most of us would be like, oh, it's a real shame. But we're all like, hey, he's in a walking boot. Duly noted. I wonder, I wonder how I could wrap that into some sort of parlay. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's done to us. Well, uh, you That's know, where we are today. We know he's got that ankle injury. He missed the one week. He did play uh, last week. So, yeah. But uh, the house, by the way, I'm looking at the story on the fire. Uh, they said the fire marshal said the cause of the fire was unclear as of his last press conference yesterday afternoon. Right. It's the one thing that drives me nuts about most fires. And I think they'd do us a, a, a more of a favor if they would just tell us how many fire stories and with the cause is still under investigation. And, and you're like, OK, well, when you find out, could you have some sort of like follow up story? No one ever does it. So every fire is the cause is under investigation. Every single one. You only learn later if you dig in deep, and who does? You know, it could be a space heater. It could be electrical. And if so, what electrical was the problem? Was the outlet hanging out? Like, we're, there's so many lessons we could learn off this stuff, and you never hear what the reaction is or, or what the investigation found. Never. They just don't do it for now, some Now, Drew Rosenhaus is Tyreek Hill's agent. And, does he know what caused the fire? Um, he might. Oh. Uh, he gave a little information. He said that the fire was contained to one room in the house uh-huh. and that some of Hill's family was inside the home when it began. Could I'll, be I'll say with- that he wouldn't comment on what uh, on the fire and requested privacy. Right. So let's say, for example, kids playing with matches, which is terrible. Now suddenly kids playing with matches. But matches and the are family- fine now. Yeah, I know. That's L- true. Light- lighters are much more uh, prevalent. Kids playing with lighters? Yeah, play with lighters. I mean, I, the old stick matches were, were pretty fun, pretty novel. When you first got one, you could light it off your zipper. Right. And you started screwing around with your toys, and you're like, I wonder if I lit this on fire. Give me a Bluetooth or blue tip. Right. <laughs> you get a pack of matches, you're like, ooh, let's go into the house and play. Stupid kid. But you remember some of those old matches where you had, you you know, it, it wouldn't go striking, so you'd fold the one end over you and pull your pep. thumb on it, and boom, and you pull it out quick and sometimes burn your thumb. Yeah. But it was a cool way to do it, too. Yeah. And then you throw it. Oh, God. But, you know, I have this specific moment of having a pack of matches in the house and my head exploding. Like, oh, my God, what could I do here? Idiot. And then I put them away. So maybe, so it could be that, and they're all embarrassed. But still tell us. Then we could yell at our kids to not touch flammable objects. Eh, whatever. It seems like there's about four people living in this house right now. By the way, it's, I told you it was 6.9 million. Seven, yeah. seven bedrooms. Eight bathrooms. Uh, many of the bathroom, uh, many of the bedrooms, uh, a home theater and den were among the rooms that were upstairs where the fire happened. Mm. Um, the house also has a putting green and NBA sized basketball court, NBA sized, yeah. uh, heated saltwater filtration pool and spa built for 10 people. Oh, that's nice. Two guest houses yeah. along with lemon, mango and banana trees. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very pretty, but still. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, you, you, you care for a mango? Hang on. Let me pick one for you. Fresh off my yeah, tree. Fresh. You know, and the juices just spurt out of your cheeks. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Let me grab a bunch of bananas off the tree. Hang on. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's good mango.
Yeah, sure, you can go out backyard and make your own salad, but need, still. Need a little lemon in your water? Stand by. Thank you. Oh, Jeeves, <laughs> grab a lemon off the tree. Also, there's Jeeves in my tree. Yes, and there's probably plenty of Jeeves. Jeez. Probably, probably a whole servant staff there, well, you know? What was his contract? He, he signed a four-year, $2 million, I think, somewhere in uh, Kansas City, and then much higher when he went to the Dolphins. Oh, it was four-year, $120 million. Well, there you go. Yeah, two million. I'm like, two million is like base salary for right. a, for a one four, year. Four year, one hundred twenty million dollars. You get your own mango tree. I mean, I get so, it. Yeah, you get one hundred twenty million dollars. What is seven? Yeah. For right. your, I mean, and you pay for it in cash. Yeah, you pay for it in cash. That's got to feel good. You just walk in and pay for it in cash. Well, unless the house doesn't have a full, you know, service NBA basketball court, and then you go, I'm not buying it until there's a basketball court. And then a team of then a team of contractors goes in. They build you a contract. Instantly, you know. yes. Yeah. Don't forget the two guest houses. Yeah, there's that too. Man, well, it's it, look. It still sucks that the guy, you know, his house caught on fire. And and fortunately, uh, you know, his mom, child, and uh, everybody got out safe, right? Yeah. Well, there was a story. I think there's a uh, there was a guy. Uh, he just got married. So bicycling in the bicycling community, and they're trying to figure out how he ended up. Poor guy ended up dying in a fire. Um, but they were trying to figure out, and they're just speculating at the moment, right? And so they're like, well, maybe it was a space heater. But again, they would do the public a great service if they would just tell us once they found out what these fires were the cause of, make a list. Of course, you know, newspapers are so understaffed at this point, and TV doesn't care. So make a list. Let us know what causes these fires, for God's sakes. You know, and when they do bring those stories up, it's usually on the local TV news, and it's buried. Buried, you never it's, it's it's like a one sentence thing that's, that's they right right that. before commercials of the third break. You know, no, it sucks. All right, seven one six two one zero ninety seven ninety seven. Call or text. So that we're talking about Tyreek Hill and the fact that he was in a walking boot, but also his house caught on fire, and he was so, limited in practice because he had to leave because they said, "Hey, uh, just so you know, your house is on fire." Yeah, it sucks. What? Man. Yeah, it's nothing good. A lot of distractions. A lot of distractions for the Miami Dolphins. Nobody's hoping for that, by the way. I mean, the thing we're hoping for is you know the Miami Dolphins. You know, walk uh, walk into what? Say the uh, practice facility, grab some lunch, and the cook was less than less than clean at the counters, and they all get sick the day before the game. That would be kind of funny. That would be cool, but I don't think that's. And they're all playing hoop dollar. There you go. That's it. All right, let's get to news of the day today. We'll start off news of the day today first with Niagara Falls, where apparently they saw a go uh, not a goat. It was a sheep. The sheep running amok in Niagara Falls, and they're not exactly sure. This is the problem. They don't know where the sheep came from. So it was on the loose, and they found him in the 600 block of 7th Street. First, they get the phone call. There's a sheep on the loose. So the cops end up going, and they got to try to find the sheep. They can't find the sheep at the place they were called originally, in the 600 block of 7th Street. So then they start hunting around, and in a neighbor's yard, there's the sheep. Hiding out. Laying low. Which, if you're a sheep in Niagara Falls, probably a smart thing. Found in a neighbor's backyard, sent to Animal Protection in Lockport. An investigation is on now to find out who owns the sheep and where it came from. We often hear that people have collections of weird animals. I know chickens for a little while, though everybody's like, but it's food and it's cool. And some people did chickens. And then, of course, more well, and more. they do for the eggs. Yep. More and more, reptile dude wants to fill his house with uh, insane reptiles and also snakes. And then gets a girlfriend, and the girlfriend's like, ew. And she doesn't want to go in there anymore. So they flush it down the toilet. Right, so he's got to get rid of all and of it. And it comes out of the sewer. And it's like, thanks, reptile dude. I know you were cool up to this point, but now that you have to get rid of it, could you not just let it go near Love Canal? 
And then you have the lady from yesterday with 18 skunks. Right. Right. She's got a collection of but skunks. But now you have sheep. What are you going to do with a sheep? But these are these are it's going to eat your grass. I mean, if if you are a farmer, maybe you raise sheep. in the falls. Well, uh, there's plenty of country land around the falls. That's true. That's true. There's, oh, there's actually some uh, areas in the falls that are pretty I, open. <laughs> I'm thinking the sheep are on the lamb, so you know when they're like, here's what the person looks like. They like shave off their mustache. Yeah. The sheep all just shear themselves, and they're like, they'll never notice us now. <laughs> I'm incognito. Ah, <laughs> uh, just a weird looking dog, sir. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> rough. Rough. Ah, <laughs> uh, pit bull, sir. Damn, if I could get this leg to lift a little by the fire hydrant, I'd, I'd fit right in. Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem, man. Sheep in the falls. Ooh. Now, maybe, what would you do with a sheep? So you're thinking maybe one of the farms out in Niagara County. Um, they're sweaters, you know? So yeah. You, you could, to a certain degree. It just, I think a lot of people are trying to figure out where the damn thing came from and why. So they're doing the investigation, hmm. as they say. Then in Pennsylvania, a family home was set fire. <laughs> Maybe the sheep escaped Pennsylvania. Right. A Pennsylvania family's home set fire by pet pig trying to stay warm. Hmm. Was the family's last name Hill? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Margaret Painter talking about how the fire started. His home was under the porch. I had added extra hay for him because I knew it was going to snow. He had a little heat light there in the front. See where there's a little board right there? And he uh, must have knocked his hay into the heat lamp. Nobody and saw that coming. House on fire. Right. Mm. Blame the pig. You know, and I gave him a little, I gave him an <laughs> right. open can of gasoline in case right. he needed to, you know, run a lawnmower. We, we gave him some matches that he likes to rub his nose against yeah. real fast. Yeah. He can Pig. light him off his hoof. Yeah. Pig's like, thanks, man. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, they could they could tell the house was on fire because it smelled wonderful. Oh. <laughs> mm, bacon. So that happened. That happened. Somebody make it ham? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so at least we've got an answer. So, right, so now someone let us know. Pig in the house? Big mistake. Yeah. All right, so I'm just kind of documenting this newscast here with Pink Floyd songs uh, from the mm-hmm. Animals album. Sure. We had sheep. Now we've got pigs, pigs. on the wing here. I'm um, waiting for dogs. Mm. Any dog story? No? I do have a dog story. Yeah. <laughs> the dog story I have was um, hearing in the neighborhood that uh, apparently somebody's house caught fire years ago. This was year, years ago around Christmas Day. They had a dog. Dog chewed the lamp cord, caught the house on fire. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. It wasn't like Christmas vacation where the dog was like... <laughs> And the carpet, right? Dog was just smoked. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure if the dog uh, made it. You know, but there's an age. Like the uncle with his toupee on fire. Right. But there's an age when, you know, where dogs are, they chew. That's all they chew. For the first two years of their lives often, that's all they do. So you have to find a way to keep them contained and not chewing. And so they set the house on fire. So that's my dog story. Okay. So if you've got a young dog and a lot of lamp cord around, you know. Kaboom. House could go up. House pig, though. It reminded me, growing up, uh, the guy used to play in a band with his uh, dad and stepmom got a, one of those little pigs. Yeah. Uh, those pigs don't stay little. Little pig, Shoot, little, little pig, little. let me in. Uh, what are they? Uh, buttercup pig? Pot, I can't remember what they're called. Pot belly? That thing got huge. Yeah. It was big, and it would when it walked around the house, you just had to move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if talking- you were like in the hallway, you're like, oh, sorry, bud. Yeah, because it would just push push right past. Good you. luck trying to pick it up too. Oh man, that thing had to weigh 
150, two, 200. Yeah. Pig owned the house. Oh, it could do what it wanted to. Right. It was clean, you know, yeah. for for an animal like that, but out of the way. Yeah. Just move. If you want, you know, it'll just push you away. One of these days, pig, you're going to be on my smoker. Those ribs are going to be good. And that happened. Question for <laughs> What about its, um, its use of the bathroom? Because you have to go there at some point. Are they right? potty trained? Was there, is there a box it went to? I, don't remember. I think they actually took it out like a dog, if I remember right. Okay. It does, it, it was, I, I think pigs are fairly, fairly smart. They're fairly smart and they're fairly clean. I mean, mm, they might roll in mud bite. and stuff, but yeah. they, you know. Wow. All right. But I've, I've heard that story thousands of times, right? Little pig, real cute, and yep. then just gets big real Huge. fast. All right. 716 210 9797. Call or text. If you've got a animal story, fire story, or pig pooping in your house story, please let us know. <laughs> All right, let's get to the rest of the news of the day today. So they don't know about the sheep. They don't know where it went. Uh, there was a guy who ended up, I think I mentioned in the town of Boston, who ended up going the wrong way on the 219 while intoxicated, uh, allegedly. Also allegedly had a .29 BAC. I don't know if there's a, you know, drunk driving is always bad. It is terrible. There's nothing good about it. Yet, I think at some point, we all found ourselves maybe with a little too much trying to navigate our way home, and hopefully you grow out of that or you never do it again. But whatever the case may be, these roads in western New York are not made for drunks. They're just not. The roads in western New York are terrible. There are so many places you could find yourself turning into the wrong way that I would think even sober, sometimes you could find yourself almost going the wrong way on one of those streets. You see the massive signs? Wrong way. Wrong way. Don't go. How many times have you heard about somebody? It's probably for the drunks. That's probably why we have those signs. Because if you're at least sober, you find yourself going on the road, and then you're like, wait, which road am I supposed to pick? Oh, that's the one. All right, but getting on the wrong side of an expressway, <clears throat> that's, that's a little Man. bit more difficult. True. Understood. But... Hey, look, a lot of that stuff around the 219 could get complicated at times. You're like, where the hell am I supposed to? Like, even driving out of 20A when you leave the Buffalo Bills game, you're driving out of there and you got to get on the 219 for a second. You're like, yeah, but I still do it every time. Which? Like, am right? I doing the right one? Yeah, because you were there with on the tailgate with me. Right. On, on, but but on the worst Sunday. case scenario with what you guys are talking about is you would be going in the wrong direction, not, can, not in the wrong I, lane. But in the 219, I could see that because here's the off ramp here, yeah. and the next one is the on ramp. So if you're like, oh, there it is right there. Because. There's a sign that actually points 219 north, and that means the next one. But if yeah. you're like, oh, there oh there it is right there, but it I has, could see getting down the wrong one. It has the arrow with the 90-degree with the turns. So well, I didn't see that. I, I, I'm then... at a 2-9 here. <laughs> okay. I didn't see that. You, you I saw, saw an arrow. But the exit and the entrance uh, in the one direction are side by side. Yeah. Yes. You, you just yeah. pulled into the wrong side of the, of the guardrail. Right. Mm. Yeah, it's rough. With, I guess if there's no traffic at that time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. These roads, these roads were not made for someone at a two nine. They just weren't. No. Well, I think the worst part about driving around here is these crazy. Um, when you're trying to get onto a road, you're coming on the ramp, right? You're merging. At the same time, there's an exit ramp. The merge lane and the exit lane yeah. are the same, so yeah. they're coming in flying to get off, <clears throat> and you're trying to speed up to get on that one. Those are always just a mess. Right. So, you know, that's the thing. If you're at a 2-9 and you've actually picked the right entrance onto the, then you've got to merge and you've got to figure out how to merge. The death lane is just outside of the radio station when you have to get onto the uh, 190, which becomes the 90 quickly. That's insane. Oh, especially if you want to go the 90 east. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, God. Uh, coming off of Agni. That's you, the one I take every single day. It's got, fun. Yeah, you've got you about a half it. a mile, quarter to a half mile to get over two lanes. When right? you're coming off over here, you're getting on there. Always behind the dude is like, eh, you know, I'm going to go 35 here. You got to move. <laughs> it just bottles. Oh, it's yeah. brutal. Or, or you're trying to merge and there's a big truck in the right lane. There's always a big truck. Always. Right and you're like, oh, come on, come on, come on. Yeah. I got to get over. Well, you can imagine big truck. He's he- He's got hammered down and he just wants to keep sure. moving. So. Sure. Oh, yeah. You take your life in your hands every single day, day there. All right. 716-210-9797. Uh, next up, I've got a guy, Virginia man, who was dressed up as Bigfoot around Virginia. And he decided, I got to stop doing this because people were taking me way too seriously. Are they shooting at him? Eh, he's probably, he was probably close. He was probably thinking at some point, oh, I'm going to take a bullet for this. It was just, I guess, maybe something that maybe got out of hand. But it was all fun and games. I think he just wanted to maybe elevate people's happiness during the holiday season. With Bigfoot? Yeah, dressing up like Bigfoot. Makes everybody happy until someone's like, I'm going to shoot me a Bigfoot. Bigfoot mating call. Yep. Yeah. There's a good chance that somebody at some point was going, and he wants to hold a press conference, and you know it's going to look great on his TikTok. Meanwhile, the guy's bleeding out. So I think maybe he realized, yeah, I should probably think I think twice. you're a target if you do that. Yeah. You know, because yeah. everybody wants to capture a Bigfoot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's something. Uh, meanwhile, a YouTuber named Gus Johnson did a little spoof where he's uh, an annoyed guy, way too polite, leaving a message on somebody's doorbell cam. This was one of the viral videos going around. Hey, neighbor, it's uh, Greg from next door. I'm sorry to come bother you and leave you a little ring-ding doorbell message over here, but I just wanted to bring a little neighborly issue to your attention if you were not aware. Couldn't help but notice in the last couple of weeks that your kid has been throwing over the dividing wall between our properties. And, you know, kids play games, so it's fine. Uh, but your kid's been throwing over the wall several British military-issued grenades. And, and to be fair, <laughs> some have been inert. But several have gone off. And, you know, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But, of course, the wife, you know, she gets to seeing these things. And, well, we just figured we'd tell you, seeing as we are down about six to eight dogs in the last few weeks. And, frankly, we haven't seen a kid or two in a couple days. So I'm just kind of putting the pieces together. I'm sorry. I don't want to be that neighbor. But happy holidays and God bless. Okay, we'll talk to you soon, neighbor. Bye-bye. If he's walking away. Yeah, if you're walking away, by the way, then you could see his the back of his clothes were destroyed by a grenade blast. Okay. So a nice little visual. If you're looking for that guy, his name is Gus Johnson, and he's on Not YouTube. the announcer from the NFL? That's nope. what I thought. Nope, different guy. All right, last story that I have. So a 29-year-old woman in Connecticut, her name is Pamela Rodriguez, was recently arrested after her car was stolen, and you're thinking, her car was stolen? Hmm. Why are they arresting her? The problem was, she didn't think the cops were moving fast enough. She wanted, she wanted answers. She told police... And she called the police initially to say that her car was stolen. She told police that her child was inside the vehicle and a kid was kidnapped. So that ought to get him going. Andale, let's go. Oh, it did, by the way. But the thing was, people were trying to figure out, so what do you think her end game was? Because, you know, they weren't going to find the kid in the car. And then there'd be a manhunt for the kid. And it just keeps getting worse and worse. But that's not her problem. She just <laughs> wants to get her car back. I understand. Um, I'm not even sure if she's got a kid to tell you the truth. Well, anyway. So that's even better. <laughs> well, they'll never find him, so. I think she does. Too bad. Yeah. But at some point, they'll be like, your kid wasn't found. We have to do a manhunt. She's like, oh, no manhunt. He's in the house. He came home. Yeah. 
He took a bus. He's got some Lunchables. He's okay. And that's what happened. Uh, they yeah. figured out she was lying, and she was charged with making a false report. Her car's still missing, by the way. Ah, damn. Didn't uh, even work. Yeah, it didn't even work. Uh, the police say they're still looking for it. But if you're, if you're Connecticut police and you just were lied to, I don't know, maybe you back off just a little bit. Would have been even better if they brought, brought a kid home. Yeah. Like, we couldn't find your car, but we found your kid. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> now you're raising this kid. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Well, speaking of which, there are three states in the country that bring most of the crime. Ohio, Texas, and Florida. They are the states where if they just decided, because they're always making noise, they're like, we're going to secede. They're like, all right, go ahead, secede. Crime would drop in this country. Ohio, Texas, or Florida. Guess the state, win the prize, our number 716-210-9797. Is it Ohio, Texas, or Florida? Today, we find out on OTF. Up for grabs today. If you are a winner on OTF, we are going to hook you up. With tickets to go to the Amherst Theater, the Dipson Theater at Amherst. Get comfortable in their brand new seats. Dipson Theaters bring you the best art and independent films in new, their new digital projection, projection and sound rooms. They also offer real butter on their popcorn, locally owned and operated. You can buy tickets in advance at DipsonTheaters.com. Nice. 716-210-9797 to play OTF. And it's a simple game. It's easy to remember. It takes a lifetime to master. One of the things you have to know is, and listen for clues as to which state might be involved in the crime. So you're going to hear a story, and you're going to have to decide, ah, man, that sounds a lot like name your state, win the prize. So we've got Cal standing by on Grand Island. Cal, Shrenring and Show, 97 Rock. Good morning, Cal. How are you? Doing great, guys. How you doing today? Not Good. too bad. How was the new year and the holiday and all that? Oh, it started off great with the Michigan win in the Rose Bowl. Oh, nice. There you go. Are they going to take it? Are they going to do it next Monday? I'm not going to jinx it, man. I hope so. But that 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 quarterback from Washington is pretty tight, man. That guy's good. Good. Yeah, it's an exciting game, right? I mean, college football generally will be, but that was that was some really of them are often stuff. blowouts. I know. I was watching the yeah, Florida State game on yeah. the Saturday. That was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. All the bowl, all the bowl games stink now because you know they all go to the pros. I mean, only the ones that are in the playoffs are actually entertaining. Here's the thing: Did you win money off of any of this? Oh, yeah, a little bit. There you go. All right, nice. All right, Cal, if you're ready, here we go. So this one is an audio round, and it's called, Are You Squatting? My wife and I built our house 24, 25 years ago. Jim Johnson and his wife, Lark, were looking forward to some good neighbors when the for rent sign went up on this house in their cul-de-sac. But last week, they were shocked when a family seemingly moved in overnight. When they show up and immediately rip down the sign of the leasing company or the owner company, they're kind of like, well, that raises a you know a little concern, and then the next move is a locksmith shows up. <laughs> okay, well, that's even more of a concern. A call to the management company confirmed their fears. The new residents are not renters, but rather squatters. They they've gone to the grocery store. They've had cable come out. Um, they are acting like they live there, but they have no furniture. They brought in a lot of blankets. Hi, I'm Maya from Channel 13. Can I talk to you guys? Were you guys supposed to be staying here? When we knocked on the door, a young woman answered. Were you guys supposed to be staying here? Are you guys squatting? She didn't want to talk to us, but a short time later, the sheriff's department was called. The deputies have confirmed to us that they are investigating the squatting situation. Well, what's been frustrating is that I have a 12-year-old that I don't even let walk across the street to her best friend's house without watching her, and we've never had that problem. Our experience shows sometimes it can take six months to a year for the process to work through the courts. 
these are some of the most fascinating stories that come along. How somebody could just go, oh, I could just break in. And when, once I break in, you've got I've, you've got free housing for a year. Why wouldn't until they change the laws? Why wouldn't more people do that? Also, squatting it, it could lead to some problems, though. <clears throat> you know, there's a side note. Cal, Property owners we, aren't real happy about. Cal, it. you want to guess the state before we get to that? What's the which? What do you think? Ohio, Texas, or Florida? Yeah, that's just like a special kind of Florida crazy. If you ask me, I don't know. Nice. I'll go with Florida. Let's All see right. Florida. Florida would be no, ah, incorrect. No. Ah. Now this was in Harris Sorry, County, Cal. Texas. No, all right. All right, Cal. You take care right. of yourself. Right. Good, Good luck it. on Monday, man. Yeah. All right. Take care. Thanks, guys. All right. See ya. Ah, damn it. There are people who now run a business, and their business is they move in and squat with the squatters, and they try to freak them out to get them to move out. This one guy's like, he says, oh, not f- so they're hired to get them out. Right. Guy's like, it's not for everybody, but I will get them out of your house. <laughs> He's just He just becomes the most disgusting roommate you could find. And he says, I usually win. Which is pretty Hoop funny. Dollar! There you go. <laughs> All right, so uh, Scott is next, standing by this morning in Chictawaga. Scott, Shred and Show at 97 Rock. How are you, Scott? Good morning. How are you guys doing this Not morning? Good. Not too bad, man. You want to hear a story? Let's go. All right, so this one is called Dork Dash. So a DoorDash <laughs> delivery driver was arrested after he was found... <laughs> With his pants unzipped with adult sexual items in his car. Chris Swarthout, 48 years old, was found around 1 a.m. Thursday in a black Nissan with Tennessee license plates in the parking lot of a business plaza. Hmm. I don't know if there's any good clues out of that, Tennessee. I I think I heard this one. The front zipper of his jeans was completely rolled down, exposing his undergarments, according to the report. He said he is a DoorDash (laughs) delivery driver, and they claimed that he'd pulled over for a little rest. He said he, the vehicle was a rental, but he could not provide any rental documentation. The registration documents he did offer up were full of inconsistencies. So they bring in a canine unit, and the dog was alerted on the vehicle. A plethora of adult sexual items were found in a bag next to the driver's seat. Also, two syringes <laughs> containing fentanyl and methamphetamine were found in the vehicle. Now, he is a New York native, and he was arrested on charges of possession of fentanyl, meth, and possession of drug paraphernalia. Sex toys, that's cool. It's the meth we've got a problem with. So what state is that? Ohio, Texas, or Florida? Well, if the hint's any good, I would say Florida. All right. Florida would be correct. Jump freaking smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. Not just Florida. Our buddy, nice. our buddy Christopher was on yesterday on The Villages. That's right. That. That's where that story, I heard That's that story before. It. Scott, congratulations, man. Nice job. Thank you, guys. All right. Have, have fun. Enjoy the movies. Have a- Sorry to catch off. Poor guy cut him off. Hit the next one. But thank you for that. <laughs> Stephanie's on next in Orchard Park. Got a day off today. Stephanie, good morning. Good morning. How was uh, the holiday? Well, uh, you know. It was good. Yeah, okay. Did you get anything How decent, or did you get stuff good. that you're like, ugh, crap, I don't need any of this stuff? What'd you get? Um, crap. <laughs> I don't need it. Don't buy me anything, please. Right. They're like, we went shopping I all over the... Ah, oh, we didn't go shopping for you. We found this in one of the... Uh, <laughs> we found this in our house. Where we we yeah. All right, well, Stephanie, exactly. if you're ready, yeah. here is your story. Okay. 
This one is an audio round, and it's called She Shot Me. Right now, a woman is facing charges accused of shooting a man between his legs. I need an ambulance ASAP because... Um uh, Police say the woman on the call is Glenn's ex-girlfriend, 36-year-old Tanya Nestor. Shot him with uh, and it's in between the legs. I just don't know exactly Shot him in between the legs? Yes. I don't know if he hit his privates or what. The alleged victim is 49-year-old Charlie Glenn. Wanted me to take a walk with her, and I found out that she had a pistol with her, and I, she said it was a pellet run. And I, I said, well, let me see it, because you know, I'm not going to go anywhere with you if you got a gun. And she pulled it out and, and shot me. <laughs> Paul Carpenter said he rushed to the house to check on his friend. My thoughts was, you know, was he okay or, you know, uh, is, he, is he dead? Is he alive? I didn't know. But uh, they said he was okay and, and, you know, it wasn't life-threatening. Police say Glenn was able to get the gun away from his ex-girlfriend. He still has it in his hand, yes. He still has it? He or took it from her, yes. She pulled the pistol out and... Shot me, and I, I, I proceeded to take the pistol from her at that point. Family members called the 911 because I was shot and bleeding. Back at the house, the dispatcher asked about Glenn's wound. Okay, is there more than one wound, or is it just the one? Is it just one wound, Charlie? I think it went through my pistol into my butt cheek and out. I mean, you want to say something to her? I mean, you want an apology from her? You want no, to? no. I don't expect nothing from her. I, I still to this day love her. <laughs> Damn. Yikes. Did he, did he say he still loved her? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. After yeah. she shot him in the testicle. Yeah. And it went through his butt. Yeah. yeah. Oh. But he still loves her. Okay. Yeah. All right. We aren't going to. Ready for my guess? Yes, absolutely. Ohio, Texas, or Florida? I'm going with Texas. Going with Texas. Ah, the yeah, gun, right? The gun. Texas. Texas would be. No. No. You know, Stephanie, it gets worse. She apparently yeah. then said that she wasn't sorry for doing that. Like, he, they asked, do you want an apology? And he's like, I don't want an apology. I just love her. But you figured, you know, the girlfriend would be like, well, I'm so sorry. So here's the question for you. He's like, it's the most activity I've gotten down there in a long time. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Uh well, why did she shoot him? Did they? Did, did she say? It, it doesn't say. It's all except that she's just not sorry for doing it. I think she had the gun oh. and she just had a little bit of an outburst and uh, she snapped. And the magic bullet that seemed to hit seven different pl- are, spots. Are you calling that a little, a little bit of an outburst? Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. That was a psychotic episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I still love her. <laughs> how, how do you see this playing out, Stephanie? He's going to stay with her. Yeah. And she's going to shoot him again. I, I, yeah. She's, <laughs> it's true. He does have a he second testicle. Gun. She could at least shoot the second one before he decides, all right, I've had yeah. enough. And he has another another butt cheek and a second testicle, we hope. Nice. Let's hope. All right, Stephanie, you take care. Sorry you didn't Murder win this time. <laughs> uh, well, where is it from? It was from Hamilton, Florida? Ohio. Oh, Hamilton, Ohio. Right. All right. Sorry All right, about guys. that. Well, happy New Year. Happy New That's Year. Okay. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Oh, All right. Thanks, guys. Hamilton, Ohio. Yeah, she's right. He's going to get shot one more time at least. He's going to run out of testicles. She is going to kill him at some point. She also is in jail at the moment on a $100,000 bond, so that's good. <clears throat> so but the he- guy's got a 
He's in the hospital. Yeah, he, he's got to expect a little bit more out of his relationship, I would think. All right, we got Matt standing by. He's in Cataraugus this morning. Matt, Red and Reagan Show, 97 Rock. How are you, Matt? Good. How are you guys? Not Good. too bad, man. We're ready for OTF. How about you? I'm still laughing about the nut shot. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you at least ask for some sort of, uh, I don't know, how about an old? How about an old-fashioned, I won't do it again? Yeah. Just say you're sorry for Pete's sake. Yep. I don't know. All right. Well, we've got a story for you this time around. This one's called I Know My Rights. See if you can guess the state. A man got naked from the waist down, and he made lewd gestures at an underage girl after he crashed into the car she was in, according to the sheriff's deputy. 23-year-old Cody Hicks was driving erratically, crashed into a car with two females inside. After the crash, pulled down his pants and underpants while standing in the middle of the street and then started fondling, fondling himself while sticking his tongue out at witnesses. <laughs> kind of like that. He's also accused of asking uh, the person if she wanted to participate in hooking up while he was exposed. Uh, deputy said uh, Hicks refused to cooperate with the investigation and would only answer with, I know my rights. I want my lawyer. When asked a question, officers found uh, a number of raw meat patties in his back seat, as well as tomatoes, empty Corona light bottles, and a loose powder dusted on all the items testing positive for cocaine. Where did this happen? Ohio, Texas, Florida. I know my right. I know my right. I know my right. Man, it sounds like a bad night on Chippewa and Buffalo. Does. I got I to gotta go with Florida. How do you not go with Florida? It can only be Florida, I would think, right? Florida is correct. Yeah. I'm freaking yeah. smart. Yeah. 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 I tell you right now, Matt, if Florida didn't come through, we were still going to give you a prize. That was outrageous. <laughs> All right, hold the line, man. We'll give you a prize. Manatee, Florida is the place Damn. where that one happened. Standing there in his underpants. Hey, I know my ride. I mean, I just don't know if there's a lawyer that could get him off of that. So if you're traveling down to Florida for the Bills game, be sure right. to keep your eye out for some of this fun stuff. <laughs> Monica, last one this morning on OTF. Monica, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. How are you? Not too bad. How was your holiday, Monica? It was good. Yeah. I'm glad it's over. You missed a lot of good stories, easy stories that you could have scored a prize on so far. Yeah, I was listening. Did you guess them all right? Yeah. I got a few, yeah. Okay. Well, there's there's only one that really counts. All right. Well, let's see. Let's see if this yeah. one's easy too. I mean, we are kind of on a roll here. So this last one is oh, called "Naked up. in Traffic." See if you can guess the state. Someone called nine one one after they spotted this man running in traffic, but naked. I think it's nuts. I think it's crazy. This place is too classy for anything like that to happen. People like Dennis Albasi tell me they can't believe something like this would happen. On fun and shocking, actually. Yeah. Must have been a Police say the naked man is 68-year-old Stephen Grant Campbell. He first threw a pair of tennis shoes and clothes into the... <laughs> officer saw this happen and told him to stop, but instead, he jogged to Bistro 821 and took a seat at an empty table. I ate at the same restaurant tonight, and I would be freaked out to witness that. Campbell didn't stop at the restaurant. A witness says he exposed himself in the middle of traffic around... 
I would have laughed at him. Campbell is being charged with disorderly conduct and resisting an officer. Enjoy your time in jail. <laughs> All right. Enjoy your time in jail, scumbag. All right, Monica, where did this happen, Ohio, Texas, or Florida? All right, that's Florida. It's got to be. Florida, All right. Florida. Florida would be. Some freaking yeah, smart. Yeah, yeah. Naples. Congratulations, Monica. Thank you. I mean, where else could that possibly be as well? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, naked uh, man running in traffic, it's got to be Florida. At 68 years old, too? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing he didn't do was take his pants off. But still, I mean, it's still good. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Monica, hold on the line. We'll give you a prize. Nice job. Thank you. Well, there it is. OTF for another week. This is what we told you. These three states crank. I was going to say crank it out. I don't know if that's. Uh, yeah, they definitely do. There's a couple of them cranking br- it out. They bring it every single time. This is a week's worth. So we'll be back at it next week. Nice nice job, Jack. Digging hard to try and find some of these some of these things. And most of the states represented, right? It's not like one dominated oh, the other. No, they're all there. No. I mean, Ohio's the one where, you know. Shot him straight between the legs. Right now, a woman is facing charges accused of shooting a man between his legs. I need an ambulance ASAP because um, uh, somebody's totally going to stop shot. Police say the woman on the call is Glenn's ex-girlfriend, 36-year-old Tanya Nestor. Shot him with I'm, uh, and It's in between his legs. I just don't know exactly where. Shot him in between the legs? Yes. I don't oh, know if it's his private or what. The alleged victim is 49-year-old Charlie Glenn. Wanted me to take a walk with her, and I found out that she had a pistol with her, and I, she said it was a pellet run, and I, I said, well, let me see it, because you know, I'm not going to go anywhere with you if you got a gun, and she pulled it out and, and shot me. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, well, at least we did get one clue at the beginning. It is the ex-girlfriend. Ex, although he still loves her. You know, that's the thing I feel bad for this guy about, right? Sometimes you do fall in love with crazy. And that sucks. Yeah, but at some point, you've got to realize... you got to walk away from crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, slowly with a limp and cursing, but still, you got to walk away. There you go. OTF for another week. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. There's a guy, I don't remember him, but Niagara Falls decided that they were going to get a spokesperson, and the spokesperson was going to be all about recycling. And they thought, well, let's get a goat. And they gave him a name. His name is Totesma Goat. Because they've got the recycling totes. Yep. And so who knows, maybe from time to time in Niagara Falls, you've seen the recycling goat known as Totesma Goats. And that is, their, that is their mascot. That's the recycling mascot. Well, we haven't heard from them in a little while, but we understand that. And I, I think yesterday we were talking a little bit about that tree farm that will take trees so that the goats can chew on it. Yes. Toad chewing on Recycle that, so yes. That's it. With us on the line right now, our friend Totes McGoats. Good morning. It's a beautiful day to recycle. This is Totes McGoats. Totes, hey, it's Red and Reagan. Oh, hey, what's up, fellas? Wow, you are chipper this morning. Well, why not? New year, 
New GNU. <laughs> but really, things are going great. It's year nine of teaching kids about recycling. You know, social media really helps me get the message out. Go to, go talk. You know, you know the kids love it. I'm an influencer now. Wow. They call me Mr. Goat. Oh, like like Mr. Beast? Uh-huh. Uh, uh, no, 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 guys. Mr. Goat. I help my followers by giving them mountains of garbage. Me and the herd roll up with a dumpster and leave it. We do challenges, stuff like eating boxes, munching cans. You know, the channel got so big, Goatly fans called. Now I'm eating boxes and munching cans. For money. Wow. <laughs> Go- Goatly fans? Totes, we thought you went totally legit. Uh, oh, it's, uh, it's, it's totally educational. If you guys sign up and subscribe, you can see my hooves. hooves. My hooves, guys. Yeah, people pay for them. These hoof guys, they're, they're kind of freaky deaky. Uh, we well, heard. that doesn't seem terrible, Totes. So, you know, we wanted to get, get you on and talk a little bit about the story of Let's Goat Buffalo and how people are recycling their Christmas trees by giving it to goats to eat. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, maybe you saw the TV news story or, you know, saw them in the paper. We talked about them yesterday. Uh-huh. Whores! Bunch of media whores, guys! You know, this sounds a lot like your Christmas theater from last month that a certain <laughs> recycling goat made a cameo in. Oh, that's right. Whores! Doesn't this, in a way, help out your message? I mean, it's goats, it's recycling. You obviously had a huge influence on them. Uh... uh mm. Uh, you think so? Yeah, of okay. course. Oh, okay, okay. That makes me feel good. Yeah, I am making an impact. You know, I want to give back even more. I know it's after Christmas, but I want to do something for the kids. On my social media channels today, I'm going to reveal a list of names of kids I want to join me and some celebrity goats on Goat Island. That's right. Adults. And kids alone on an island. Uh, uh, totes uh, may not be the right timing for that. Uh, yeah, sounds a little bit like that Epstein list that was released yesterday. Uh, Epstein. Yeah. That thing Aaron Rodgers was yammering about. Yeah. <laughs> Typical conspiracy liberals. Well. And they call Rodgers the goat. He's not the goat. He knows nothing about hanging out with kids alone on an island. Oh boy. The younger, the better. No, no. Got to get them started early. No, I know. No, 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 no. Let's, let's go back to Goatly fans or being Mr. Goat or anything else. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, uh, my brother-in-law is putting together a trip down to Miami for the game. Randy, your brother-in-law? Okay, that's yeah. good. Focus on that kind of fun then. You'll get plenty of good influencer videos from that. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, guys. Randy says uh, no pictures or videos are allowed. What? Uh, what? What's that? Uh, oh, uh, all right. He also says, don't tell anyone it's an illegal sex party. Oh, come on, totes. No. We got to go. No, totes. Bye, totes. Is, it, is, is the sex uh. party illegal? Uh. <laughs> or is the, is the party illegal or the sex? <laughs> I think the whole thing's illegal. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, there you go. Totes Niagara Falls and the uh, mascot for recycling totes and goats. Yeah, that's not good. And uh, like we've sometimes made the connection that false chicks, as they get to a certain point, a certain level of of perfection, that they they graduate and they move on to Florida chicks. Yeah. Sounds like totes is going. Hey, hey, hey. All right, here we go. Tops Friendly Markets presents The Jim Kelly Show. Go Bills. On 97 Rock. Also sponsored by Catalyst Fitness, Ilio DePaulo's, 
and Niagara Outdoors. Hey, Jim, how's it going? Good morning. Uh, pretty good. I'm down here in Miami already. I'm looking, I'm staying with my college roommate, and uh, he has a beautiful boat. I'm looking out over the water, and uh, yeah, it's pretty nice. <laughs> Did you make a bet yet with uh, Dan? Did you call Dan Marino and go, all right, buddy, 10 bucks? No, yeah, $10. I, not, not quite. I wish I would have more because uh, uh, that would be nice the way the Bills have been, been playing the Dolphins. But, uh, no, as a matter of fact, uh, he already knows. Uh, in, our bet is whoever – you have to sweep. You have to – both players, I mean, both teams, you can't win one. And, see, Dan's completely out because we won the first one, so he's out. The only way is now is for, for him is if they win – this week and then we split and neither one buys so if i win if the bills win uh sunday night that means i sweep and i have some stone crabs coming whenever i want them so nice. yeah I'm, I'm excited about that yeah you got that right and i always take you know take to the lodge for the guys and we sit there and i do a video all the time i'll send it to them i'll send it to warren green as a good buddy that takes care of them and uh, I like, okay, we're here, you know, enjoying our stone crab. Thank you for going Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, you know, I got to tell you. Mess with them. And that's what no happens, doubt. right? There's a long yep. history. We're, you know, a little bit later on, we're going to talk to Lorenzo Alexander. But, you know, prior to that, we were just going over these long histories of the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. And they go way back. I mean, there's some deep history between these two teams, yes? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I, I remember because didn't the uh, Dolphins, like, have a – 23-game winning streak against the Buffalo Bills at one time in the 70s. Before you got there, yeah. Yeah, before I got there. And then, of course, after I got there, it came down to, and I just did a a radio show a couple days ago, you know, talking about the Bills-Dolphin rivalry. rivalry, And it's not the same as it used to be um, because they always put it, Marino against Cali Scudella against Marv Levy. So um, that always fueled it. Plus, it always came down to, Bills or Dolphins are going to be representing the AFC. So we were very fortunate because I have some uh, friends that worked for the Dolphins back then, and they got mad at me because they said, you keep taking our bonuses away. <laughs> oh, boy, right. sorry about that. You know, I'll have to buy a, a um, pina colada or something like that to ease your pain a little bit. So, right, they feel terrible. But I always, always had fun. Yeah, I wonder about uh, Thurman Thomas. Going down to the Miami Dolphins. I realized it was only he, one year, right? Right. But I realized he didn't have, you know, necessarily all all of the choices ahead of him. And if things were different, he would have stayed as a Buffalo Bill. But I mean, that had a either it had to feel terrible for him, or you were constantly busting his busting his ass a bit about it. No, you know what? He was bitter, uh, and I I don't blame him to be honest with you yeah. because uh, you know he wanted to stay. He thought he still can play, but. Uh, Unfortunately, um, that wasn't the case, and I'm sure that was a little stab in the Buffalo Bills, but Thurman could still play back then, and unfortunately, yeah, it, it still sucks. You think about it, he wouldn't play for the Bills all those years. He, uh, you know, abused the Dolphins. <laughs> he ran all over them a bunch of times, and uh, uh, and then him going down to Miami. Yeah, that was uh, a bittersweet, I'm sure, for him and for all of us. Because you never want to see that happen uh, when you go to your rivalry at the end of your career. But you know what? It is what it is, and uh, we've got to move on from it. Yeah. You know, one more thing about Legends, and I want to play this about Lorenzo Alexander with his daughter at the game on Sunday.
They're addressing Coach Marv Levy, who was in the box as well. Where would you rather be than right here, right now? I don't know if you were at the game. I don't know if you saw it, but I'm sure you know. Marv was there at the game. Thoughts? Oh, yeah, he was. That's the only game that I did not go to. I wasn't feeling good, so I stayed home. And, uh, of course, my wife and daughter, my son-in-law, Parker, all went to the game. And, of course, I I would have loved to have seen Marv, but uh, when I'm not feeling good, I don't feel like getting around somebody that's 98 years old and getting him sick, so... I decided not to go, but yeah, Marv, he's the best. I, I mean, I love the guy so much, and him and his wife, Fran, and his daughter, Kim, they, they've always been there for the Bills, always will be, and uh, he's just uh, somebody I look up to and I always will. Yeah, like incredible guy, and still at his age, still making it around. Uh, you know, we're going to talk to you Lorenzo Alexander that. about Nine, that. Just 98, huh? Yeah, I, 98. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't want to get to be 98. I don't want to live to be 80. <laughs> The way my body yeah. is now, I yeah. don't know. You mean I'm going to have 25 more years of feeling like it? No, thank you. I don't think I'm going to do it. But you know what? I'm blessed to have what I have now. I'm not feeling too bad. I'm come, trying to get off all my medicines that from, you know, my cancer and uh, starting to feel better, and which is good. So, yeah, we'll just uh, live each every day. And as you guys well know, there's only one person that knows our day, and that's the good Lord above. So, he decides tomorrow after the Bills, uh, well, I should say Monday after the Bills uh, dominate. Uh, and then if he wants to take me, I'm ready for it. So, <laughs> but, right, but right now, I know, like I got, I'm down here in Miami enjoying it, and I'm going to hopefully uh, watch these Bills squish the fish. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, let's talk about that, right? So let's turn to the Buffalo Bills trying to make that. I wanted to know what you thought about that long pass to Dalton Kincaid. I'm going to play it for you. It's the 51-yarder that Josh threw to Dalton. Five-man rush, and he goes deep, and he's got Kincaid! Duggar will make the stop at the 12! You could see that he was trying to, and that he and the offensive coordinator, they were trying to set up something, and it finally happened. Tell us a little bit about teams trying to set up plays like that so that it eventually kicks in. Well, that's, you know, I've been saying it, and you guys know. I mean, I've been doing a show all year with you, and you try to, I try to tell the guys, and, and you know, I quit, I quit giving my two cents in when, uh, uh, when Ken Dorsey left, but I always said, guys, you got to start taking these underneath crossing patterns because what that does is you start taking, just visualize this, guys. You, you see the crossing pattern, you see the, the digs in and really pop back outside. You take everything underneath. Take what they give you. Long, long story short, and then all of a sudden, that deep ones cross the middle will will come open. But you got to be able to do it. You got to take what they give you. And when that short pass is there, Tom Brady lived with that. I did too. Take what they give you. And all of a sudden, that long one across the middle or deep one down the sidelines are not ready for it. And then that played at Kincaid, that made it wide open. So, yeah, I loved it. I mean, of course, I'm screaming at the TV and loving it. So, that was all good then. Yeah, a lot of great run after catch, too. Hit him in stride where we've seen a lot of uh, jump balls, contested plays, uh, especially when it comes to Stefan Diggs lately. Uh, and I wanted to ask you about that. It's been a hot topic, of course, in the locker room uh, with uh, the, the media wanting to know why you know Diggs had such a great start to the year, but the last handful of weeks – uh, he really hasn't produced much. What do you have? Four catches for twenty-six yards last week, and I mean, really going back the last seven weeks, there hasn't been a, a lot of great production from Stefan Diggs. How do you how do you fix that? What what do you see as the problem there? Well, I, I think Josh, I don't think Josh is completely healthy either. I mean, um, I, I don't text him say what's wrong with you, um, but the thing is, 
you know, he's thrown a lot of passes, you know, behind guys lately. And uh, you can tell he's not 100% healthy. But you know what? It gets down to this time of year. Um, everybody's going to be banged up. And uh, he's just got to come through with it. And uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, when you get to this point in the season, uh, you have to really start buckling down. I remember many times near the end of the season, you're, you're limping around. Like uh, you were just talking about, I think it was Tyra Kill, about having a boot on. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you try to get ready. Uh, when Sunday rolls around, you better be ready to play. And uh, I just hope Josh uh, heals up quick because we, we need him, of course. Uh, we need him to be the old Josh Allen. I mean, you've got to talk about Stefan Diggs. And uh, some of the passes, you know, he had were behind him. Some was a little over. It wasn't really a, a Josh Allen type of game. And hopefully he got that behind him and we're peaking at the right time. And we'll see what happens come, uh, unfortunately, Sunday night. Yeah, oh, yeah, 820, right? Uh, as soon as that came out, I go, of all times, I do not want a night game system because I have a flight <laughs> Monday morning at six at 6.30 out of Miami to Texas, I'm going uh, deer hunting, my last hunt of the year with Big Duke and the boys. So, um, yeah, and so I got to get up at like four o'clock. I go to my uh, buddy. We feel your pain. Oh, I'm like, you won't believe how many people were going to go to the game. And unfortunately, they're going to just have her party away from it now because of uh, the time. Let me ask you about this situation because obviously, you know, it's been talked about a lot lately. Uh, the playoffs situation here for the Bills. We know if they win, that they're the winner of the AFC East. They're the number two seed. Uh, we're, we're relying on a couple other teams. If the Bills lose, they don't aren't necessarily in at this point. They will know going in. So that's what I wanted to ask you about yep. the the mindset here. So you're practicing right now, knowing that you've got to win this game. That's the mindset. But what what's it like when we get to Sunday night and they already know the outcome of those other games? Uh, they might know that uh, a loss that they're still in. How does that, you know, because say the Steelers lose or the Jags lose, that they would they would automatically be in win or lose. How does that affect you, a team going into a, a late night game like that? I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, you've got to understand, you don't want to lose, number one. And you know what? Remember how we always talked at the beginning of the year? We don't talk about Super Bowl. We talk about AFC East. And that's what we have to do. Uh, unfortunately, a couple of times it has come down to you look back in our schedule and the games that we let slide by that we, they were must I mean, it should have been easy wins and we wind up losing. When it comes down to the end of the year, that's what happens. You look back and say, boy, I wish we had won this one, or we should have won that one, which is more the way to say it. But, hey, it doesn't matter. The Bills are playing for the AFC East no matter what. I'm sure that's your mindset. And uh, I looked at the teams that are playing um, on Sunday before, and uh, they're not gimmies. It almost, to me, it looks like the only one, because of Baltimore, is going to be sitting a lot of players so they already clinched throughout the playoffs. They're the only one that you wish that they didn't clinch and they'd right. have to play uh, their team. I, I can't remember. Was it Steelers? Steelers or who yep. they playing? They're playing the Steelers, yeah. and we need the Steelers to lose. Uh, the other game was with, would be the Jacksonville Jaguars need to lose to the Tennessee Titans. If either of those two teams lose, the Bills are in win or lose uh, on Sunday night. Yeah, that's going to be tough because Baltimore doesn't have to play their guy. Tennessee is uh, playing horrible. I don't yeah. know. I just know they're going into that game. They're not worrying about the games prior to, and I know that's probably a, a good way of saying it as a player. But to, you're, you're going in there, and I'm sure Coach McDermott said, we're not going to worry about those games before. Yeah, it would be nice, but the thing is, we've got to win this because we want to be AFC East champions, and we want to host 
a playoff game in Buffalo in January. I love it. Yeah, because the road, if they come in like at the seventh seed, you know, they would be back in Miami the following weekend if they were able to win that. Then they would go to Baltimore. So, you know, it, it, you would much rather yeah, be at good. home and host a game for sure. Oh, totally. Yeah. You, I, I don't know the whole scenario as far as if we wind up winning the AFC East and we have a game at home, uh, the likely teams that we would play. Do you know? Ah, uh, well, I I think all it all depends on where they. Slot. It would be the seventh seed, so yeah. it, that w- depends on. Uh, it, it could be a couple of teams right now. It could be the it could yeah. be the Texans. It could it could be the Steelers. Yeah, it could be the Jaguars. So it'll be depending cool. on who where and we slot. Yeah, I got it. It's going to be a pain. It's well, going to be a pain. We would slot it too if we win the AFC. Is that they got to win? That's it. That's the point. And they could. This is Fire a team, run. right? Your your gut tells you this is a team that could beat the Miami Dolphins. Oh, totally. And uh, done it once. I. Uh, I this is what you hope for. I mean, four weeks ago, I'm saying, boy, wouldn't it be great if it came down to last game of the season, the Bills against the Dolphins playing for the AFCs? Here we are, a couple days away, let's go get them. Yep. yep. I want to ask you one more thing. So about this, uh, the, the push that goes on right now, Josh Allen got a push, and he ended up getting he ended up getting a are touchdown. about the tush push? Yeah. So they get behind him, and they, and they push him, and he gets, he gets the touchdown, right? Here comes the push. Second and goal, shoved, close, touchdown. They just rule it. So I'm wondering if back in the day, you're quarterback and you're like, all right, Thurman Thomas, you get behind me and you and Pete Metzelars push me over the end zone. Well, how would you feel about that? No, thank you. Um, I just know <laughs> but it's a touchdown, I just know the court. I just know the quarterback, if you get in situations like that, this liner thinking one thing, knock that shoot out of him. I almost <laughs> said that word. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, I don't like to play. I like, you know what, guys? So when we got in the short yards of goal line, unfortunately, uh, a lot of time Thurman came out of the game and Kenny Davis went in and Marv called all the plays. So a lot, a lot of times we'd come up to the line of scrimmage and we'd call play and I would go up and I'd look and I'd read it. And if it was a play that we're sticking with, I would go with the snap content I said. But if not, if I decided, I would, I'd say opposite, opposite, and then I'd go with the snap count. And uh, that means I went up, I looked at the best place to go, and it drives me nuts a lot of these teams try to go up oh, through the middle. <clears throat> Instead of looking to the outside or looking off tackle where, you know, the gap is you got a guy uh, blocking down, a guard pulling, and kicking out the guy, it's a lot easier to get one or two yards and having a quarterback take a chance of, you know, getting pushed across the goal. I don't like it, but you know what? Um, I, to be honest with you, I don't know how long that, that uh, plays and be allowed to stay. Um, being yeah, able they're to looking push at the quarterback in, so we'll see. Yep, how how about it. when the running backs would go up and over? Remember some of those guys that used to just go over the whole line? Yeah, that's love it. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's exactly. I mean, you um, as a player, like like I just talked about, would did a check with me, and I'd come up and I looked, and yeah, you, that's a lot easier than trying uh, for a running back to knock over a defensive lineman or a linebacker that are a lot bigger than you. So. You better be ready to to go through Larry Kimbrough. I remember him; he was pretty good at doing stuff like that. So it's uh, uh, it's some a play that I don't like, but uh, we'll see. I mean, it's uh, some teams are real like Philadelphia is really good at it, and some teams uh, try to be good, but they're not. Jim Kelly on with us. All right, so go Bills. Last thing we have for you. So the Jim Kelly camp is on, and I heard it sold out. out. So uh, tell us a little bit about some camps that are still available. Yes, uh, the latter camp, just uh, log on to jimkelly.com or log on to jimkellyfootballcamp.com. 
look at it. Our first camp uh, is sold out, and our second camp is almost sold out. So if anybody wants to have their uh, uh, child in and have a little fun, and uh, you know what the thing is, guys? Um, a lot of uh, parents say, you know what, my kids love to play, the fly, you know, touch football, and they love learning and all that. But when, as parents, sometimes when I do my chalk talk, we allow the parents to come in. Depends on when I, I can do it. And uh, they love that part because I, I, I talk about, you know, what kids are looking forward to, what, you know, what to look forward in the world we live in today. It's a little more of education, and I know my favorite saying is, uh, you are who you hang with. Show me your friends. And I'll show you your future. And your future's not very bright if you hang out with the wrong kids. So pick good kids because in, in today's society, boy, you, you as you get older, you're going to have kids wanting to do this, wanting to do that. And remember who your friends are because um, your future relies on it. So you're going to have, for more information, jimkellyfootballcamp.com is where you'll find it. Jim, have fun down in Florida and go Bills. That's right. And the last thing I have to say is let's go, Buffalo. This has been the Jim Kelly Show, presented by Topps Friendly Markets. All right, cool. We're done. On 97 Rock. Also sponsored by Catalyst Fitness, Ilio DiPaolo's, and Niagara Outdoors. 716-210-9797. Call it, text, let us know what's up. You know who's next? We saw him on on the game on Sunday. He was actually out on the field beforehand. Longtime friend of the show, Lorenzo Alexander. Right, Lorenzo's been at this a long time. Long-time NFL player, many years with the Buffalo Bills. Yep, but you know he and his daughter were out, and they're getting ready, getting the fans all fired up and everything like that, and so we figured, eh, let's find out how his, his little visit with Buffalo went, right? Is he ready to go? He's standing by. Lorenzo Alexander. Lorenzo, how are you, man? I'm doing great. You know, uh, just out here in Phoenix, uh, getting back to uh, my normal routine with the kids in the, in the new year. Nice. Well, I wanted to play a little bit because we we're at the game on uh, Sunday watching Speaking this. of kids. Right. And you're with your daughter. Not only that, but the echo is crazy. Let me play this. Yeah. And obviously addressed to Coach Marv Levy. Did you get a chance to run into him? Yeah, we actually sat in the box with him and his daughter and her family uh, the entire game. So it was really cool to get to know him and talk to him a little bit. You know, he's obviously, he's really sharp still. Um, He was a head coach at Cal, so we kind of bonded over that a little bit and just talked ball and had a good time watching the Bills get a victory. That's awesome. Yeah, how's he doing, Marv, at his age? Was he 98? Yeah, he seems great to me. I mean, he may struggle a little bit hearing, but other than that, as far as talking ball and what's going on, moving around, he's right. up there, you know, making jokes. He's he's great. That's amazing. Um, and then we actually flew back to Chicago. We we're on the same flight too. So great dude, great family, and it was really cool uh, to be able to get to meet him and kind of hang out for the first time. That's awesome. That's awesome. Not only that, but I think you were what you're hanging out in East Aurora. Maybe did you hit a couple of restaurants, Bar Bill, and the rest. Yeah, yeah, we was all over the place, yeah, but we had a little Airbnb in East Aurora and um, Rick's on Main, Bar Bills. We went to um, the Grange one night, Wayland. So we was kind of hitting up all our spots, um, 
uh, Kalina's. Um, it, it was just a whole bunch of good spots that we like to eat. And obviously, next time we come back, we'll hit the other one because there's so many <laughs> cool restaurants unique to Buffalo that it's um, you know hard to get to in one visit. Is Kalina's that one with the gigantic um, the the, the yeah. pastries? Those those big yeah, yeah, yeah. cinnamon rolls, cinnamon rolls, ah, cinnamon yeah, yeah. rolls and they're monster. They got an awesome, yeah, yeah, it's huge. So about four people can eat one, and then they got a real cool um, homemade or house made uh, cream too for your coffee that I, me and my wife really enjoy. Oh, nice. Damn. So, what did you think when uh, they approached you about becoming the, the legend of the game or leading the charge, whatever we're calling it today, uh, on New Year's Eve, coming back to Buffalo from Phoenix, right here at New Year's Eve uh, with with the weather and everything like that? What did you think? Well, I was looking forward to it. You know, obviously, I don't like the cold. That's why I moved to Phoenix. So I love the heat. But it was a it was a uh, a good opportunity for me for my kids to come as well because they're heavily involved in school and sports. And uh, obviously, being out during this time of year allows all of us to come back and not just me or me and my wife. So um, to be able to make it a family affair, affair, we jumped at the opportunity, and we still know a couple of the families. I got a lot with uh, uh, Jamie McDermott, who's Sean's wife, and and. Uh, Lacey uh, Babbage, who's uh, Bobby Babbage, is the linebackers coach's uh, his wife and, and their kids because they our kids age well, and so it was a good time just to kind of reconnect and have a little mini family reunion with our football family. Oh, oh that's, that's cool. awesome, Lorenzo Alexander on Trent Ring Show here at ninety seven Rock. You know, you were talking about playing in the cold weather, right, and and the warm weather. So Buffalo's going down to Miami, and yeah. after a long season, you're already beat up. It's got to feel, I guess, better for both teams, but especially for the Buffalo Bills. Probably to play in warmer weather for this final game, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I, you know, I was uh, joking around after coming back, and you kind of get away from it a little bit, and being in Phoenix. How how hard it is to live in in the weather in Buffalo, and it's just part of it, right? Guys, you know, push through, and um, it's just part of the culture up there. But I was like, you know, if Buff, the organization of Buffalo was in like Arizona type temperature, I could have probably played another two years. And that's just <laughs> being real. That's how hard, you know, not seeing the sun, the cold weather. You know, having to practice in it, you know, live in it, it it's on your body. It's just another mental obstacle you have to constantly challenge yourself with. So, yeah, be able to go down to Miami, especially this time of year where it's a little cooler. It's not, uh, you know, a sauna where it's, you know, 110 on your sideline the way they got their stadium set up. And that should will be a little refreshing just for the, the body and the mind to be able to go out there run around, feel good, and not everything be intensified by that cold weather. You know, we've been talking a lot about injuries, right, and about how – Guys have to push through injuries and how hard it is to come back. You see Von Miller struggling with it. Uh, we're yeah. wondering about Stephon Diggs and whether he's got one right now. But Bradley Chubb for the Miami Dolphins goes out. AFC Defensive Player of the Week, 11 sacks, 6 forced fumbles, 74 tackles. How does that change the defense for the Miami Dolphins? What are they, they going to have to contend with without Bradley Chubb in there? Well, I mean, it's significant. I mean, because, you know, guys like Vaughn and Bradley don't grow on trees. And so, obviously, it's going to be a next man up mentality like every team in the NFL has. But they're not going to get the same type of production. You know, obviously, the Bills won't have to earmark him um, as far as their protections and, and how they're going to slide, how they're going to, you know, protect against him, how they're going to block him in the run game. Because the guy that's, you know, stepping up is just not Bradley Chubb. And so, it definitely helps the bill significantly, but then I think it also hurts the defense on the other side when we think about the back end. You know, you, the pressures when Bradley does is cool, but it also helps the back end to be able to cover guys, not have to worry as long, especially when you have a high-powered offense. So the capabilities of what the Buffalo Bills can do on a consistent basis with the type of weapons that they have. That's interesting. What does your gut tell you about this game? 
Um, the Bills. I mean, I think they are in a prime position, right? They had to really fight to be able to control their destiny at the end of the season by, you know, kind of uh, reeling off these last several games here after coming to a slow start. And so I think they're focused. You know, I've been in that locker room more um, more than most, and uh, I just know what those guys are made of and what they're thinking. So I think they're going to go down to Miami and do just fine to be able to go in there and get that number two seed. Yeah, you know, you, you wonder. I, I guess we'll know. When the game starts, whether or not they are in a situation where they've they've got a playoff spot clinched or they have to win it to get in, but what is that like right. with that with that pressure, knowing you have to win to get in, and the other team's already in, but yet they want to win it just right. as much because they want the title, they want the two seed. Yeah, well, they've been dealing with that the last several weeks. I mean, they they really didn't have any room for error to lose any games, you know, after starting what six and six, and especially losing a lot of AFC games, and so they've been playing with that pressure for the last four or five weeks and um they're accustomed to it they're built for it i think sean does a great job of uh of communicating in a way where it doesn't feel like it's overwhelming uh because they know that they're more than capable of doing it so i think they'll be just fine going down there and playing against miami whether or not they'll get in or not at the two you know knowing if they're in or not but you much rather be the two seed and at least be having a couple of home games versus traveling you know on the road potentially to kansas city um, you know, in that first round. So you always want to have your home crowd behind you because obviously there's nobody like the Bills Mafia in, in being in that stadium. Lorenzo Alexander's on. You were on this team, by the way, when the team had to watch to find out whether or not you were going to make a playoff, right? What's that like? That's yeah. crazy. Uh, yeah, that's a little bit more nail-biting, especially the, given the situation and the improbability of, of uh, the Bengals being able to convert what was like 4th and seventeen. Um, against the, one of the best defenses, you know, Baltimore Ravens, one of the best organizations that's known for defense, and for them to be able to do that, and I think everything that what that meant, us putting ourselves in a situation to have an opportunity for that, but then what it meant for not being in the playoffs for the last 17 years and the excitement around Bills Mafia and us getting off that plane, just talking to, to Micah Hyde about it, just remembering what that felt like and what that was, and. Um, it was really cool to be a part of that experience and Kyle Williams going to the playoffs. All those things was just uh, was overwhelming emotionally in a lot of different ways. What a crazy relationship we have with the Bengals, huh, in recent years. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> wow, that is nuts. You know, obviously it was a big blow to lose Tredavious White and Matt Milano, yeah. and uh, we've seen guys, as you talked about earlier, having to step up, next man up. It seems like right now, though, that it, despite that, and even Von Miller was uh, a healthy scratch this past week, that this Bills defense seems to be peaking at the right time. Do you feel that way? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think it's been, you know, a culmination of, of several things where they've had to figure out their footing, right? You know, um, you talk about the injuries, you know, you, uh, all pro players, Matt Milano, uh, Tredavious White, Duquan Jones is a really good football player as well. It was good to have him back last week. Yeah. Um, you miss Tremaine Edmonds, you know, right? You lose him in free agency. Uh, there's a transition from Leslie Frazier to Sean McDermott, and they are obviously it's the same defense, but their mindset and how they call things, how they communicate things, it's, it's extremely different. And talking to a couple of guys, I think it took them a while to really understand what Sean was was doing. And just from a from a veteran standpoint, like when, after being with Leslie for a couple of years, you knew what he was going to do in certain situations and calls on the game. Now Sean is completely different. Um, I don't think either way is better. They both play to their uh, their personalities, but the guys have to figure out what that is. What are we expecting? What are we being asked to do? And I think they're really, you know, with that, the injuries, 
uh, kind of the up and down things. I think they're really starting to get their footing and understand what that is and collectively being able to execute. And so I look forward to uh, seeing them continue to thrive, you know, going into this next week. And I think adding a guy like Russell Douglas out there, you know, who's balling at corner, I think really helped solidify that back end too. That was a huge pickup. Yeah. You know, Russell Douglas, uh, in an interview, uh, he was asked a little bit about where where the turning point was for this team that all of a sudden has turned it on here at the end of the at the late part of the season, and what he referenced was, and I'm sure you you heard about it if you didn't read it or not, but there was a a piece done by Tyler Dunn that uh, you know made some accusations of things that uh, some people had said about Sean McDermott. And many felt it was a hit piece on McDermott, whether it's true or not, right. that it was a hit piece, and that somehow that that helped bond this team and turn things around for them. Do you do you understand how that might work? Yeah, I mean, that's that's like with anything. You know, when you're around a group of guys that love and respect one another and, and know everyone, you know, when you face adversity, that tends to bring you tighter, right? You know, when you go through a football season, it's, it is a a path of challenges that you have to overcome. And this was just – it wasn't on the football field, but it was just another form of adversity or a challenge that this football team had to overcome and obviously was pointed right at – Sean McDermott, and if you know him, if you know his heart, if you've been around him at all, actually I was in the room you know, where, where a lot of that uh, article referenced, um, um, you know who he is and, and what he's about and, and what the intentions around that whole thing was. And then realizing a man that's humble enough, uh, even though he wasn't trying to um, uh, you know, intentionally disrespect anyone or he made a mistake, he owned up to it and moved on. I think when guys, and there's still a lot of guys on that team that was a part of that those conversations, when people can speak to that, speak to his heart, what he did and who he was, I think guys respect that, bond around it, grow around it because of who he is and are able to kind of come together. Just like any if anybody else on that football team was attacked or was going through a challenge, guys tend to, to rally around that, and that's what the Bills are about, right? You talk about, uh, you know, um, one Bills, Sean always talks about, you know, faith and love, and he really embodies that, and I think the culture of the football team follow along with, their, with that leadership. So That's interesting. Really cool yeah, because it wasn't like alive. he reported stuff that he just made up. I mean, it was backed by a guy right. saying this stuff. I mean, it was, and I don't think he was intentionally trying to destroy, you know, Sean, but he was reporting yeah, what he was hearing. Know. By the way, you were in that meeting, and you heard that. I would probably think that you all sort of looked around like, you know, he made a mistake, but like, where the hell's right. he going with this? <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, you if you if you're taking it obviously nine eleven and everything that that encompasses that the, the horrific events around it, right? If you take that away, the emotion away from that, and what he was trying to describe is just a team executing at a high level. You can understand it. Not the best example to use, right? Sure, Should never sure, be right. used in, in that in that way. But once he realized a couple of guys approached him, right, we had other military officers in there, coaches that, that have served, and people, you know, brought that more to his attention because football coaches sometimes, I mean, what's the best thing I can use? Oh, man, that's a great idea. Oh, that makes sense. They got caught up in it, right. In your yeah. own head, right? You didn't run it by nobody to bounce it off of, and he went for it, and it failed, and he re- recognized that and apologized, and we all moved forward. And for me, you know, I think it's more cowardly for somebody to report that years later, knowing what that's going to do to somebody's character in the public eye and what and, and, and the type of attention that's going to bring. So whether or not that you meant to do that or not, you could be aware like that's not a great story or you wouldn't be sharing it. It's not like, oh, this is a, a great piece about Sean McDermott we want people to know. No, you, you're telling that story because you're trying to sustain 
a man's character in some way. And, uh, you know, I think that because he gave more than a ample opportunity for people to come up and have a conversation with him about it. And if you're a grown man, that's what you do. You go talk to him at that time, not four years later. Lorenzo um, Alexander so, on Trent Regatory. Yeah. I'll play one more thing for you. And this is this is you going into one of the greatest, most interesting games in Buffalo Bills history. And you were mic'd up the day that you played the Colts in the snow yeah. game. Here it is. Even if it was difficult to see him enjoy it. Here we go, fellas. Bills on three. One, two, three. Woo! It's crazy. I can't even see the team. What the team in there? <laughs> Buffalo weather. Lorenzo, I some fond memories of playing tackle football with my yeah. friends in a snowstorm, and it looked awesome, but it also looked pretty ridiculous. What do you remember about that game? Uh, trying to tackle Frank Gore um, in six-inch snow, uh, you know, <laughs> up to my, my shins. That was, and then obviously what Shady did that day, but it was a fun game uh, to be a part of. You know, you're very unique, and then being able to kind of win that game. I think uh, we might have even had Webby in that quarterback at the end throw a yeah. <laughs> crazy pass to put us in contention to kick a field goal or whatnot to, to win that game. So just crazy, but it was really cool to be able to come out on the victory side of that because we really needed that game. Yeah. And it's a lot cooler while you're talking about sitting in Phoenix right now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. I'm going to guess that's the day you went. I'm moving to Phoenix. I'm tired <laughs> yeah. of this. Lorenzo Alexander, hey, listen, it was great seeing you. Great seeing you at the game, and uh, thanks for spending the time with us. Really appreciate it. All right, fellas, man. I appreciate you. That's it. Lorenzo Alexander, if you missed any of it, you're coming in late on that. We'll put it on the podcast, 97rock.com, as well as Facebook and the rest. All right, that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening. Back tomorrow at 6. Where do you want to end? Thanks for the ride, man. I had the time of my life. Ooh-wee. Stacking Benjamins with Joe and his good friend OG not only has great financial insight, it's laid back with humor too. The quiet luxury trend is out and loud budgeting is in. Are we tired of the pet names? Yeah, because I'm loud and obnoxious, so this fits right in with me. I'm like, yes, finally budgeting for me. (laughs) I get to walk into a restaurant and go, I'm cheap as hell, and you're not getting a tip. Live from Doug's Budget. (laughs) Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen.